0: Hey, y'all, it's Mel, and you're listening to My Rough Draft Podcast, where we talk about embracing our current seasons of faith, work, and wholeness. As a part of the Rough Draft Collective, we are committed to the holistic growth of millennial men and women, and each week, we'll discuss how to redefine history with our everyday stories. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. It's your girl Mel. Thank you for tuning in. So today I'm going to do something a little different. I know. But um, I usually, so I was in this career and business series, right? Um, but if I'm honest, man, I'm going to be completely honest with y'all today. <laughs> this is going to be a very transparent episode, but I've been getting very weary um, in parts of my business. I've gotten weary in my job and I'm going to do a separate episode of, you know, having tough conversations in the workplace, but I've gotten a little weary, man, if I'm completely honest and whether that be in business, whether that be in relationships, whatever. And so I think, you know, I had to take some time this morning morning to really seek God. And I feel like he really revealed to me about what it truly means to wait and trust and hope in him in this season where it seems like everything is just getting worse. And I think for me and for some of us, you know, we say, oh, this is a trying time. But for for some of us that have dealt with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment, or you hope in something and it doesn't meet your expectation and you trust and it doesn't happen. um, And you're constantly facing that disappointment. If we're not careful, we can easily grow numb, right? So we can grow numb and be like, you know, what? I don't even want anything anymore. I don't even care anymore. Just do what you're going to do, God. (laughs) And that's not God's heart of what, of how he wants us to see him. And so I think um, today, you know, God kind of led me to Psalms 37, one through nine. And so I'm going to talk through that today. And then I, um, so I want y'all to get your Bibles or your Bible app. I think this will also help those who, who maybe want to grow in studying the Bible. So it, you can kind of see how I break down um, verses and things like that. So yes, I think that think that today's episode is going to apply to those who may be fearing, feeling weary and, and struggling to hope and trust and wait in God. Um, again, when it comes to life, when it comes to uh, relationships, when it comes to business, whatever it is. So um, get some notes, get your Bible and let's get started. All right, so again we are reading Psalm thirty seven, one through nine. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm kinda gonna break up those verses kind of in each section that God gave me. And so I'm gonna read the verse and read the verses. And then I'm going to kind of talk through what God revealed to me in each section, okay? So it starts with Psalm 37, one starts with, and I'm reading the uh, CSB, that's the Christian Standard Bible version that I have for my She Reads Truth Bible. Um, But of course you can read whatever version is easiest for you to understand. So um, the first verse says, don't be agitated by evildoers. Don't envy those who do wrong for they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. So, I think this spoke to me because sometimes, especially you know, those of us who are Christians and we're trying to do business God's way, we're trying to submit our you know passions and our gifts and our talents to Him. It's hard when sometimes we're trying to do things the right way, yet we see other people who may be in the same field as us, who may be in the same industry as us, um, who's not doing it for God or who may not believe in God, but yet it seems that they prosper, right? And so. So it's so important that we not get agitated by evildoers. you know maybe we've been in the season where we've been really trying to be faithful to God and trust in God and do the right thing but again it seems like people who aren't doing the right thing get further ahead than those who are trying to do the right thing and so this kind of reminded me to not get agitated by evildoers, to not to envy those who do wrong for though they may seem like they're flourishing now um, you know what they're doing is is not sustainable. And so I hope that that kind of encourages us to not get agitated, to not envy um, those who may not be doing the, doing wrong, and to not get tempted to fall back into what we what we um, to, sometimes we can get tempted to say, well, following God isn't worth it because you know I don't see any you know reward or whatever we may be thinking. But it's important to know that there is a life beyond this, right? So yes, we are currently you know in this tough time, and if anything, I, if if not any other season, I hope now we can really start to have an eternal perspective because people are here today and gone tomorrow. Um, Jobs are here today and gone tomorrow. And so it's important to know that yes, things may seem hard, hard right now. And it may seem like those who are doing evil are prospering, but we have to understand that what they're doing is only temporary. Their success is only temporary. But as we build our hope in God, uh, it says, build your hopes on things eternal. And so as we build our hope in God, who is eternal, um, then we have to believe that we will see that reward um, in the end. And so that's kind of what I got from that first part. Then it says, trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires so what does it mean? So this is kind of where I break it down, right? So the first part says trust in the Lord. Well what is the definition of trust? So this is where if you're reading the Bible, you want to highlight verbs, you want to highlight key words and look up the definition of those words to truly understand what this verse is saying. And so the definition of trust is a firm belief in the, hold on. <laughs> so trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, strength in something or someone. So when we say trust in the Lord, it means to have a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability, and the strength that comes from the Lord. And so when we trust in him, that means that we're saying that you are reliable, you hold the truth, you are able, and you are strong. So when we say trust in the Lord, that's what that means. And it says, do what is good, dwell in the land and live securely. The, the ESV version of live securely says, befriend faithfulness. So that means to me to be faithful while we are in this land, to be faithful while we are in this life. And it says then to take delight in the Lord. What does delight mean? Again, that's a key word you want to circle. Delight means great pleasure, to take great pleasure in. So this is saying to take great pleasure in the Lord, knowing and take take great pleasure in the Lord, and He will give you your heart's desires. I think sometimes we want to take the sometimes we want God to give us our heart's desires without taking great pleasure in him, taking delight in him, right? And so I think it's so important, man. I think that this part really convicted me because I had to ask myself in this season, and am I am I really taking great pleasure in the Lord? Or am I just asking him for things? Or am I just, you know, wanting him to do things and give me my heart's desires without fully taking great pleasure in him. And I had to think about, you know, what does that mean to take great pleasure in him? You know, when, when someone takes pleasure in you, what do, what, what does that look like for you? And so whether that's spending time, you know, with, with the person, whether that is acknowledging that person and what they've done and all that they have done, um, you know, it's important that we take great pleasure in the Lord, um, knowing that when we take great pleasure in him, Because I think sometimes we're so easy to take great pleasure in our things, right? We're easy to take great pleasure in social media, where it's easy to take great pleasure in money. It's easy to take great pleasure in um, business or relationships or whatever. But it says to take great pleasure in the Lord and he will give. That's a promise, right? So he will give us the desires of our heart um, as we take great pleasure in him. And so, um, again, that that part says trust in the Lord, which means put a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, and strength in the Lord, and do what is good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, which means to be faithful in this land and to take great pleasure, take delight in the Lord, and He will give. That's a promise. You your heart's desires. Okay. So I think at this point when I read this, I had to really take some time to release kind of, um, you know, what I have taken great pleasure in. And if I'm honest, again, I'm being very transparent. One of the things that I've taken great pleasure in, um, and I think it, it really stems back from, you know, wanting to be accepted or, or wanted as a child is, is sometimes I can take great pleasure in wanting the acknowledgement of people or wanting to be seen by people or wanting acceptance by people. And so sometimes I can take great pleasure in that above taking great pleasure in the Lord. And so I had to, I literally wrote it down. I said, Lord, I release my desire and my yearning to be wanted by people. And I choose to find my contentment in you for only you will satisfy me only you will give me great pleasure and so I had to kind of again when you read the Bible is yes it is meant to encourage you but sometimes you have to repent <laughs> the Bible is a two-edged sword right and it should convict you to do better to think better to be better right um, and so you know in this moment I had to release that and so I want y'all to take a minute maybe to um, think about what have you been putting great pleasure in over your pleasure in God and to really take some time to lay that before God to say, you know, God, these are the things that I've taken great pleasure in. I repent from it and I'm choosing to take great pleasure in you, trusting that you will give me my heart's desire. So um, that was kind of that first section. Then the next part says, you know, commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will act again, will act. That's a promise. Um, Making your righteousness shine like the dawn and your justice like the noonday. So when it says to commit your way to the Lord, well, what is my way, right? Um, What is my way? My way is my work, my thoughts, my heart, my relationships, my desires, And so it says to commit all of that, everything I do, everything that I am, my way to the Lord. Right. And then it says to trust in him and he will act again when it says that he will do something that is a promise. So this is a promise that when we commit our way to the Lord, when we trust again, trust means to put a firm belief in the reliability, the truth, the ability and strength in the Lord that he will act, right? And so I really circled the word act because I think sometimes when we are faced with lots of disappointments, when we are faced with heartache, when we are faced with trouble, We can think that God is passive, right? We can think that God is not doing anything, right? But it says that when we trust in him, he will act, which means that God is not passive. God is active, right? And he will act on our behalf. And so that's this is why it's so important for us to root ourselves in the word of God, because this world will have us thinking that God's not in this, that God is nowhere to be found, that God has left us. But we have to root ourselves in the promises of God. Again, it says that He will act, which means that that is a promise. God's word cannot fail. It literally can't fail. Um, And so that's why it's so important that we root ourselves in the word of God. But anyway, you know, it says commit your way to the Lord. And so I have to ask myself, you know, what have I committed my ways to? Have I committed my work again to the applauses of people? Have I committed my relationships to, you know, having fantasies about, you know, different things? Have I committed my thoughts to things that don't matter or things that, you know, I feel like God should do on my behalf, but I'm not seeing? Have I committed my desires to doing it in my own strength, right? And so what have you committed your ways to? And I want you to write that down. And so, um, you know, at this point in my, while I was studying the Bible, I had to take a really hard look at myself again. I had to admit to myself that you know I was wanting um, acceptance from people, and that some of the things that I did, some of the motives that I did, even even down to determining whether or not something was successful, determining whether or not a podcast episode was successful, determining whether or not a social media post was successful, basing that off of people's reaction, right? And that is not committing my ways to the Lord. That is not taking delight or great pleasure in. The lord that is taking the light and great pleasure and committing my ways to people right and so i had to ask myself well if i know that i'm struggling in this area then what is something that i need to do very practically to um, make sure that i have recentered my desire my great pleasure and my ways to the lord and so you know i kind of wrote down i asked myself you know do i need to take some time off of social media Do I need to take some time not listening to outside influences? Um, Because listen, when you when you're following a lot of business people on social media, they will have you doing some of everything or thinking that you need to do some of everything. But it's important. I'm a segue for a minute. (laughs) It's important to know that when you're in your work, when you're in your business, when you're in relationships, we do not operate like the world operates. And so when people in business, you know, who don't follow the Lord are telling you that you have to do all of these things and that you have to commit all of these things to, you know, different strategies and different techniques, and you have to work, do all of this work. Um, we don't do that. We don't operate like that. The, the word says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. When we are connected to God, We don't have to operate how the world operates. And the word says that God has already completed the work that we can rest in him because the work is already finished. And so I think for me, sometimes I can allow outside influences, people who are trying to do things in your own strength to who are doing things in their own strength to make me feel like I need to do those things. But I don't have to do what they do because I don't serve who they serve. I serve God. He is my source. All of my resources come from him. All of my strategies come from from him and what he has called me to do. He has already finished it. Right. And so I don't have to do what they tell me I should do. And so um, I had to, I had to take a hard look at myself and say, well, one, I probably need to take some time off of social media. And two, I probably need to take some time to not listen to outside influences. And so for this week, you know, I committed to not being on social media and to not listen not and to not listen to outside influences. Of course, that's not meaning that everyone that gives business advice is bad, but again, who is the primary source for where you are getting your strength and your strategy from. Right. And so if you are looking to outside influences outside of God, and that even goes to sermons, if you are leaning to outside influences, which, which could be sermons and pastors and influencers above God first, then we need to recenter. So maybe some of y'all need to do the same thing as me and take some time off of social media, take some time away from sermons and into your word, um, to hear God for yourself. And so, um, so, yeah. So then <laughs> again, I had to take some time and say, you know, Lord, I commit my way to you. I surrender my way to you, my work, my relationships, my desires, my business, my thoughts, my heart to you. And I even asked Holy Spirit, you know, Holy Spirit, bring to memory, bring back to my mind when I am not walking and living this out. Um, you know, I commit everything to you. And so then the next part, it says, be silent before the Lord (laughs) and wait expectantly. Now, this one verse really got me and I had to sit with this for a minute. Um, It says again, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. And so I'm gonna pause there because I really wanna break this down, man. How many times I had, I literally wrote on here, um, you know where it says to be silent before the Lord. I said, Lord, I repent for when I just rattled off what I want to you instead of just being silent before you you know, sometimes our prayers are sometimes my prayers, our prayers can just be one way streets where we're just telling God everything we need. We're casting our cares before him. You know, we're just telling him everything. We're not giving him a chance to speak. We're not trusting the fact that he knows our desires, that he knows what's in our heart. He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. Right. And so um, it says that we need to be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Now, this is where, you know, those of us who have faced lots of disappointments, who have dealt with a lot of suffering um, struggle, right? Because it's one thing to wait on God and it's another thing to wait expectantly on God. So expectantly, again, that's another key word. What does that mean? Expectantly means um, to have an excited feeling that something is about to happen, especially something good. And so when you are used to things going wrong in your life, when you are used to having expectations and those expectations not being met, it can really be a struggle to wait expectantly for for God. And so it's interesting how, how it tells us to be silent, but then it also tells us to wait expectantly. And so how can we do that? Because that almost seems like contradictory, right, to be silent, but then to also expect for him to do something good and wait for him. And so um, what I got from this was that you can't be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him if you don't trust him. Right. It takes trust. To be silent, knowing that he knows your heart, knowing that he knows everything that you want to see happen, knowing that he sees you, and to still have the trust that I'm going to trust you enough that I'm going to be silent before you and I'm going to wait for you to do something good. That takes another level of trust. But again, trusting in God means that you are acknowledging him as reliable, you are acknowledging him as being truthful, you are acknowledging him as being able, and you are acknowledging him to have the strength to do it. And so, That takes work. That's not something that you just that you can just like fly by in the Bible that that seriously takes a daily decision to be silent before God, trusting him enough to still be silent and wait expectantly expecting something good to happen. Right. And so I think, you know, for me, I had to say, Lord, (laughs) help me to be silent before you and to still wait with expectation, to still expect you to move in my business, to still still expect you to move, you know, in, in my desire for marriage, to still expect for you to move in friendships, to still expect for you to move, you know, in my career, in my heart, in my mental health, in my emotional health, you know, help me to be silent before you and trust and wait, expect. For good things to happen in those areas, man. Again, in this season, it can seem like, you know, things are just getting worse and worse and worse. And if I'm honest, I really contemplated, man, God, if you about to come back soon, then what is the point in me even working towards anything? What is the point in me even working towards this business? What is the point in me even desiring marriage? If you finna come and shut everything down anyway, <laughs> if you're mad at us and this is the end of the world, then what is the point for me desiring better things in my life? You know, and that, and and again, we have to put our trust in God, right? That at the end of the day, I can't control what happens. God could come back at any moment. He could come back today. He could come back tomorrow. But again, we have to trust in him and know that he has good for us, whether it's in this life or in the next, right? And so the other piece of this part is that it says, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Right. It says, wait expectantly for him. And this is where and I got this from Michael Todd. This is where it's important to see what the Bible doesn't say. Right. So it doesn't say wait expectantly for marriage. It doesn't say wait expectantly for my business to take off. It doesn't say wait expectantly for, um, you know, uh, money. It doesn't say wait expectantly for popularity. It says wait expectantly for him, him meaning God. So we wait expectantly for God, not man. And this is where, you know, again, when you really take the time to break down scripture, it can really just open your eyes to so many things. And God has to reveal to me, you know, if I'm honest, again, a lot of the disappointments that I face, whether that be as a child, whether that be, you know, in college, whether that be in my mistakes, whatever it is, a lot of times we Put our our disappointment on God. So we tell when something doesn't happen the way that we expect for it to happen, we say, God, you didn't do this. God, you disappointed me. But I think when when we understand that we wait expectantly for God and not man, then it, it kind of opened my mind to the fact that I cannot. Put my disappointment in man to my disappointment in God. Those two are not the same, right? So if, you know, you had a father that disappointed you, that is not God's fault, right? And so sometimes we attribute our earthly disappointment in people and things, and we say, Well, God, you disappointed me. But no, that wasn't God. And we have to understand that you know, people are going to be people just like how we have the free will to make our choices and to do the right thing or do the wrong thing people also have those same choices, right? And so that's why we can't put our disappointments that we have faced in man um, and attribute that to God. That's not fair to him because all people have free choice. They may know right and not do right, or they may just not know right and not do right, you know? And so I think that this really opened my eyes to the fact that A lot of the disappointments that I have faced, a lot of the unmet expectations that I have placed on God really should have been placed on man or on things, which I really shouldn't have had my trust and hope in anyway, right? But I think that it's important to know that man, God did not disappoint you. God did not not meet your expectations. Man did that. Things did that man is like dust here one day gone, gone the next day. We cannot rely on each other. We can't, I mean, you know, it's good God. And something that God told me, it says you can put your, you can love others. So God calls us to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So we can love each other without putting our soul reliability and trust in others. It does not say trust in man. It says trust in the Lord. It does not say wait expectantly for man. It says wait expectantly for the Lord. And so um, and so, I want us to take some time, man, to really outline some of the disappointments that we have faced, whether that be in our career, whether that be in our business, whether that be in relationships, whether that be, you know, in our lives. different things that we thought would happen, different things that we thought would pan out that didn't um, different again, different things that we have been holding on to that disappointment, holding on to that resentment. And we've been blaming God when we really should have been putting uh, attributing it to the people that did it, to the things that 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 did it and taking that. Um, burden off of God. Right. Because when we do that, then we can bring those things to God. It's hard to bring things to God when you secretly blame him for it. Right. It's hard to bring your layoff or the the fact that you, you know, didn't the, the fact that you lost your job. It's hard to bring that before the Lord when you think that he's the one that's responsible for it right? When you, um, when you have a father, you had an absent father, it is easy to blame God and say, well, God didn't do this for me, rather than just acknowledging the fact that your father didn't know how to raise you. Right. And so I want you to take some time to write down those disappointments, man, write down those, those disappointments. And I want you to say, God, I take these disappointments away from you. I don't, I don't blame you for these things anymore. Instead I attribute this disappointment to this person, this disappointment to this thing, and I commit it to you. I surrender it back to you. I give it to you. Right. And so I want us to really take some time to do that, man, because um, it's important to know that when, when we put our disappointment in. When we put our disappointments on man, when we attribute it to the right people, then it's easier for us to wait expectantly for God. It's easier for us to trust in God because then it puts him in the right perspective. As a good father, the word says that every good and perfect thing comes from above. So when we understand that every good thing comes from our God, our father, then it becomes um, tangible to actually put our trust and wait on him. Okay, so. I got all that from that one verse, y'all. You got to read the Bible, man. Um, But then it says, don't be agitated. After that, it says, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. And it says, don't be agitated by one who prospers in his own way or by the person who carries out evil plans. Again, that goes back to the beginning. We can't be agitated by people who do things their own way. We can't be agitated by people who do things in their own strength. We can't be agitated by people who do things in an evil way and it seems successful. Right. And then the last part, it says to, you know, refrain from anger and to give up our rage, to not be agitated. Again, it said three times in this in this short passage to not be agitated to not be agitated. It says, refrain from anger and give up your rage. Don't be agitated. It can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, will be. That's a promise. Evildoers will be destroyed. But those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. So refrain from anger, give up your rage. Don't be agitated for it can only be It can only bring harm, but for evildoers will be destroyed. But those who put their hope, hope, what does hope mean? The definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. Grounds for believing something good will happen. So it says to put that feeling of expectation, that desire for a certain thing to happen, that belief for something good to happen in the Lord. It does not say put your hope a feeling of expectation, desire for good things to happen in man. Again, we put our hope in the Lord. And it says that when we put our hope in the Lord, that we will inherit the land. Right. And so, you know, that's pretty much what I got from 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 this from this passage. Man, I really want us to take some time before the Lord and again, bring those disappointments before him. You know, and I even had to pray, Lord, help me to not have a hardened heart. Help me to not grow numb, even for the desires, even for the prayers that I haven't seen answered. Um, You know, help me not to harden my heart. Help me not to go numb. Help me to still desire those things in a healthy way. Um, But help me to put that on you. Help me to trust in you, to put my hope in you again, um, because because when we do that, then we have promises that, that God has to act on, right? When we trust in the Lord and do what is good, when we take great pleasure in him, he will give us our heart's desires. And you know what? When you start to put the disappointments and things on the right people on the, in the right perspective, and you start to really take pleasure in the Lord, then what happens is your heart's desires start to become his desires. You start to align more with him. And so, um, you know, that's a promise that, we have, it says that when we hope in the Lord, that we will inherit the land, you know? Um, and so I just hope that that encourages y'all. I know today went a little long, but man, that really encouraged me, man, to, to really take the time to put my disappointments on him. Um, to know that, you know, the disappointments that are faced by people um, cannot be attributed to him, that they should be attributed to imperfect people, right? Imperfect things that we shouldn't put our whole hope and trust in anyway. And so I hope that that helps you, man. I hope that this encourages you to really lean on God. Know that he is not forsaking you in this season. Um, And so, yes, the last thing that I just prayed to God was, and I'll pray this over us, you know, that we will. You know, learn to trust in God alone. Help us, Lord, to commit our ways to You. Help us to take delight in You, to take great pleasure in You. Help us to not get agitated when we see other people prospering um, in in the wrong way. And when we see other people doing well, even though they're not following You, help us to not get agitated when we see people doing things in their own strength and they seem to prosper over us. Help us to not get agitated right? But to wait expectantly, wait expectantly, meaning that we're waiting for something good to happen, um, from you and to put our hope in something good in you. And so all our hope is in you, Lord, and you are the one thing that we need in Jesus name. Um, and so, yes, I love y'all man. Um, again, I'll be off. Well, If you DM me on social media, um, I'll, I'll pay attention to the DMs, but I'm going to kind of take a break, um, to kind of, you know, refocus back to God. And, um, but I Will be on the podcast though so make sure you're tuning in but yeah email me dm me if you have any questions if you need prayer um again today's message came from psalms 37 one through nine um and so i hope that i hope that, that again that it helps y'all you know when you're reading the word of god to take time to, to break down those keywords man and always make sure that you pray first so pray first before you start reading the word of god so that you can pray that Holy Spirit will give you revelation in what you're reading so love y'all have an amazing week and I'll see y'all next week Thanks for joining us this week on my rough draft podcast. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at underscore Melanie Christina and be sure to subscribe to this show so you don't miss any new episodes. Now, do me a favor and please leave us a five-star rating and review so we can continue to get the word out to other listeners around the world. Also be sure to head to the rough draft collective.com where you can access our online blog, free resources, our one-on-one services and more. Thanks again for listening And I'll see y'all next week. Bye.